As we are a church driven by the cross, we seek to provide the tools you need to stay the course. So add our Gregory Manual podcast on Apple and Spotify, filled with your favorite Sunday sermons and midweek motivations. Follow our bishop, first lady, and church on all social media platforms to stay connected and to see what's happening. God bless, and what a joy it is for me to share with you on this Wednesday evening. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I am blessed and delighted to be able to say that I am yet saved and sanctified and filled with God's precious Holy Ghost, and I have a mind to live for the Lord. When you look back over your life and see where God has brought you from, you've got a right to praise him as well. My brothers and sisters, let us go before the throne of grace and then uh, we'll read a scripture in the hearing of those who are with us on today. Dear God, I thank you. I thank you for your loving kindness, for your tender mercy. I thank you for how you made ways and opened doors. I thank you for how you let us lie down on last night, but most of all, I thank you for allowing us to rise on this morning. So now, God, I ask that you'll continue to strengthen us. I ask that you will strengthen us so that we can do the task that has been assigned to our hands. And we shall be so careful to give your name the praise, the glory and honor shall be thine. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God and amen. For our scripture, let us go. go to a familiar passage of scripture. It's found in the 15th number of Psalm. It talks about those who will dwell on the Lord's holy hill. It's a question. It says in the 15th number of Psalm, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly, and worketh righteousness, and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. <coughs> in whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt, and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word. My brothers and sisters, I want to talk to you about uh, church growth. Of course, you may uh, take this upon yourself and you may even share it with uh, a fellow pastor or, or, or fellow members because there is something very unique uh, that we as the people of God must get back to if we're going to be pleasing in the Lord's eyes. We have used, I said in the church service the other uh, week, we have used the pandemic as an excuse 
to not do what we're supposed to be doing. And so now it is time for us before the Lord gets angry with us to start doing what God commissioned those of us who are saved and sanctified to do. We must not just as uh, uh, pastors, but the members of our church must be empowered to go about building ministry. In the second chapter of Acts, and we're going to start at the 37th verse, in the second chapter of Acts, the word of the Lord says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? When you receive the gift of salvation, when you have become a part of the body of Christ, your question, your inquiry uh, to the leadership of the church, to those who are in ministry should be, what shall we do? My brothers and sisters, it is important uh, that we understand what our assignment is. Uh, let's look at the 38th verse. Peter answered them. Peter answered them. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you'll go back in the second chapter, you will see uh, in, the, in this particular chapter uh, that the apostle Peter was talking to the house of Israel. Uh, this is not a mandate for uh, the, the, the church to be baptized in Jesus' name, it was straightening out the house of Israel because the house of Israel <coughs> already believed in God the Father and they believed in the Holy Ghost. The house of Israel, the Jews, did not believe in Jesus the Messiah. And so what Peter is saying is instructive to those persons who were in the house of Israel, the Jews, that in order for you to be effective and obedient to God, he's saying you've got to repent for saying that Jesus is not the son of God and then you must include him in your formula of baptism. Now, my brothers and sisters, if you go over to the book of Matthew, you will see in the 28th chapter that Jesus gave the baptismal formula. He said for us to be baptized, that we should baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Here, Peter is expressing something to the house of Israel and saying, listen, you're leaving out Jesus because you won't receive him 
as the Messiah, the Son of God. And so the first thing that comes out of Peter's mouth is repent, repent, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the Holy Spirit. The 39th verse says, for the purpose is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord your God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. My brothers and sisters, if we get this right, if we do what the word of God has commissioned us to do, then we'll have church growth. We'll have church growth. Uh, look at the 42nd verse. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. 43rd verse. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And they sold their possessions and good and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. My brothers and sisters, those who were baptized, those who were baptized, the disciples were devoted to the teachings of the apostles and, and they began to fellowship with one another. Now, the Bible tells us as they uh, adhered to the word of the Lord from the apostle Peter, something happened. A feeling of fear came over everyone as many amazing things and miraculous signs happened through the apostles. All the believers, all the believers kept meeting together and they shared uh, their belongings. They shared. You see, uh, we've got to get to the point where if you're without, I'm without. If I'm without, you're without. We need to come together and make sure that we have things in common. The Bible says that they even went so far as uh, from time to time they sold their property and other possessions and distributed uh, the money to anyone who needed it. And the believers had a single purpose in mind and, and they went to the temple on a, uh, 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 on a daily basis and they were joyful. And the Bible says that every day the Lord saved people 
and they were added to this early church group. The church began to grow in a magnificent way. Now, here is something that you need to be mindful of because the word of the Lord tells us uh, that we need to be on the same page. If we're going to have success, you got to understand that the Lord is requiring of us to be on the same page. Now, let's talk about this thing of growth because um, let me tell you a little story. A story is told of a man who moved to a new neighborhood and his previous place of residence, uh, uh, he had uh, grown vegetables. Yet in his new place, he failed to grow vegetables for two consecutive years. Uh, he was growing tomatoes. He shared his failure with a neighbor and, and, and the neighbor encouraged him to get his soil checked get his soil checked. The man did, and an agricultural expert told him that the soil lacked the proper chemicals to grow tomatoes. The next year, he added the chemicals and he grew a bountiful tomato crop. Now, conditions in the soil had to be right to grow tomatoes. I'm going to say that again. Conditions of the soil had to be right in order to grow tomatoes. Saints, we often ask this question of how do you grow a church? And they ask how can a church grow? We, we notice people that claim that God has called them uh, to, to start ministries and they and, and those ministries, for some reason, fail to grow. Well, to find the answer as to, to the question of how can a church grow, there are some basic and simple things that the early church did that we need to be mindful of. We need to, uh, uh, to, to, to go uh, and 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 um, I'm trying to say this as very nicely as I can. We need to go and evaluate what we're doing in order to see if we have the right soil for church growth. You see, um, what is a who is an expert? that can tell us how to grow a church. Certainly it's not me. Uh, certainly it's not any other preacher or, or, or any so-called church growth specialist. Our book, our text for growing the church is the book of Acts. Uh, the church in Jerusalem from its beginning was a growing church. Hear what I'm saying. It grew because the soil was right. It grew because the conditions were right. It grew because those persons who were involved had the right attitude. It's hard to build a church with people with bad attitudes. 
it's hard to see growth if people are so concerned and territorial of spaces in the church. The church has to be a group of people who are willing to expand. So let us examine these conditions because I want to tell you that a growing church has to be an evangelistic church. Uh, one of the conditions that produced church growth was an evangelistic concern. People were concerned about others being saved. If, 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 you, if you're in a church and, and, and ain't nobody concerned about nobody else being saved, don't worry, that, that church will remain small. The church in Jerusalem was interested in reaching others with this gospel of Jesus Christ. If the gospel of Jesus Christ is as good as you claim it is, then you ought to share that. Uh, hear what I'm saying. If, 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 um, if you have something that is extremely good and extremely positive and you're not willing to share it with me, you got a bad attitude and that means that you're not interested in anybody else becoming a part of what you are. Hear what I'm saying. We claim that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to us. If Jesus is the best, if he is, and I certainly believe he is, if Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to you, then you ought to want to tell somebody about it. You ought to go out and, and, and share it with somebody. I said to the church on last Sunday, when is the last time you told somebody about Jesus? We talk about everything else. You talk about your new hairstyle. You talk about uh, the new dress you got, the new suit you got. You talk about your new car, your new truck. Your car is not the best thing that happened to you. Your truck is not the best thing that happened to you. Your new pair of shoes are not the best thing that happened to you. What is the best thing that ever happened to you? My brothers and sisters, we are missing it because we have not honed in on what we claim is the best thing in our lives. We talk about the sales that go on. It's Christmas time. And people are going looking for Christmas, uh, to buy Christmas gifts. And they are going all over the city. If we tell somebody about a tremendous sale, they'll go out the next day. They will go out the next day or that day to find those sales. If those, uh, uh, those potential sales are seeing that attractive, they'll go out. How come we don't make Jesus as attractive as we make a sale in the store? Hear what I'm saying. Evangelism grows out of a basic belief. In the 42nd verse, and the clause, the A clause of our chapter of consideration, uh, uh, the Bible says, and they continued steadfastly 
in the apostles' doctrine. The concept of the apostles' doctrine seemed to be diverse. Uh, more than likely, some of these doctrines included uh, the people who are lost. <clears throat> it stated people who are lost. I'm going to say something here. People who are lost need to be found. <clears throat> Excuse me. People who are lost need to be found. People who are lost need to be saved. Now, let me, let me, let, let's shift. So we concentrate. See, see, outreach, evangelism has to be to people who are out there and they appear to not know Jesus as their Savior. Listen, you go up to somebody and you say to them, um, what church do you go to? And they, oh, I don't go to church. Oh, wow, why don't you join me at, at my service? Why don't you come to my church? Or, uh, you know, as, as the conversation leads, you got to be wise. The Bible said, he that wins souls must be wise. So you got to, you know, you can't come on there. You can't come on there. You, don't, you ain't saved. You need to be saved. See, you can't. You can't come at me like that. And this is the kind of day where people might just come up and punch you in the mouth. So you can't come off on talking about, you ain't say, look at you smoking that cigarette. You ain't say, you can't do that. You can't do that. Somebody type on the screen, don't do that, and put an exclamation mark behind it. Don't do that. Can't go up to people talking about, hey, yo, look at that. That skirt's so short. You, you, you look like a street girl. You, you can't do that. If you don't know people, you can't just come off on them like that. You got to be wise. You got to come at them in a in a in a in a in a in an accommodating way. You see a brother and he's smoking. Say, hey, brother, how you doing? And uh, you know, I, I I do it all the time. I say, hey, man, what's going on? You got sometimes you have to use their lingo. What's happening, brother? How you feel? Hey, young lady, how you doing today? Good to see you. And before you hone in on telling her she's a sinner and whatnot, and you say, you know, you are such a, a beautiful young lady. You know, have you, what church you go to? You know, that's not, a, that's not a hard way. What church you go to? And she said, I go to so-and-so Peachtree Baptist Church. Oh, are you active? Oh, okay, great. If she say yes, oh, great. Okay. I, you know what? I go to uh, Greater Emmanuel. Uh, you ever heard of our church on Seven Mile and Schaefer? Yeah. I'd love for you to come and visit us. I think you enjoy our services. You know, our pastor preaches uh, to young people as well, you know. And so if you get a chance and you're not too involved in your service, come by Greater Emmanuel. Have, have an invitation. Give it to them. And just, and just go on. Ain't nobody telling you, hey, you going off on our church. They must not be teaching you nothing. You wearing clothes like that. Look at you, all that makeup. Man, shut up. That ain't the way you win people. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. People are lost. So we, as the church, are looking for lost souls. Lord, help me. 
Listen, I don't always know a person is lost by the way they address. I'm looking for lost soul. Listen to what I'm finna say. I'm fishing. You know, you, you throw out the bait and, 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 and if somebody catches it, somebody gets it, okay. You work on searching for lost souls. Huh? I need to find lost souls. Here. The other thing is, is once you identify lost souls, then you introduce them to, pe to the person who can save a lost soul. Uh, you know, it doesn't, take, it, doesn't, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't take a long time for an individual to come to Christ. Hey, my brother. Hey, man, what's happening, brother? How you feel today? What's going on, man, with you? Hey, man, what's happening? You know, if you approach them, most people, if you approach them right, they'll lighten up. You can't go at them holier than thou. You know, if you, if you go to people, hey, brother, man, what's happening, man? Man, I, man, I, I like your watch, man. That's bad, doc. What is that? How does that go, man? How does that work? And he tell you, you say, oh, yeah, you know, and you, and you can feel if they don't want to talk to you, if they don't want to talk to you, back up. Say, all right, man, it was good chatting with you, man. Hang in there. That's my word. Hang in there. But if he's open up and talk about his watch, say, yeah. Uh, you know, before, before long, I, I'm going to ask him, man, you married, man? Got any kids? I don't, you know, that's my way. You don't have to do it my way. And the next thing I'm going to say, man, what church you go to, man? And if he say, I don't go to no church, I say, oh, man, you believe in God? And he said, yeah, I believe in God. I just kind of strayed away. Man, it's getting, it's getting real tough out here, man. You know, we're going we gonna to need God, man. I, I've been through some tough times. You start talking. You got to make conversation. I've been through some tough times, man. I don't, see how, I don't see how you hanging in there without God, man. You know, they, you, I ain't being judgmental. I'm just throwing some stuff out. And he keep on talking, man. I get him going. And then I said, man, you know, don't take uh, later on in the conversation. Don't take but a minute for you to receive Christ as your Savior, man. See how the conversation going. If he gives in, I lead him into a, the sinner's prayer. Man, all you got to do is say to the Lord, I'm sorry. Believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again. Confess that in your heart. Say it with your mouth. And the Bible says you're saved, man. Are you willing to do that? Just that simple, man. This ain't nothing hard. Man, I want, man, I'd love to see you at our church Sunday, man. Come in. Man. You know, I've done that to a lot of people, and people don't know I'm the pastor of the church until they get here. And then, they, and then I speak to them again. And, uh, hey, Doc, I didn't know you was the pastor of the church. Man, you're a cool dude. I'm soul winning. That's what you got to do. Tell them who Jesus is. Jesus is the one that can save. And the third thing is, is that people can be changed by Jesus. Now, you know, you, they may not have a, what you call a Holy Ghost experience in your uh, initial talk with them. It may not be visible to your natural eye, but get them to church. Get them to church. Yeah. And tell them that their eternal destiny 
eternal destiny depends on a personal response to Jesus Christ. I'm telling you about evangelism. These kinds of beliefs motivates one for evangelism. Evangelism extends to various groups. The Church of Jerusalem made the Jews their target group, but later uh, the Christians and the, and, uh, and the Samaritans, the half-Jews or whatever, the pagans, they zeroed in on them. No church can grow when evangelistic targets are providential or, or provincial, excuse me. You, you identify who you're going after. Now identify those persons that you want uh, to talk to and see won't God help you in that feat. See won't God make a way for you. Now I'm, I'm gonna continue with this lesson on church growth because I think that the church, the body of Christ, has got to be more deliberate in reaching souls. Put on the screen and say, we need to be deliberate. Deliberate, D-E-L-I-B-E-R-A-T-E. -E -E. Hallelujah, I think I spelled it right. We need to be deliberate at reaching souls. We don't need to, no, and, we, and, and, and nobody, needs to say, well, let the evangelistic team do it. No, you are part of the evangelistic team. Every individual that Jesus has saved need to be a part of evangelism, all right? Now, next, next, next uh, Friday, rather, I'm going to talk about a worshiping church because a church can't grow if we don't worship. Oh, my God. Church can't grow if we don't worship, you know, you, you know, it's not, it's just not going to work. And I'm going to talk about that, about uh, uh, what uh, the worshiping church's object must be. Amen. Amen. Okay, okay I'm not going to get into it today because if I get into it today, then I won't have to teach it on Friday. But we're going to talk about what the objective is for uh, a worshiping church. My brothers and sisters, I hope that I said something that will encourage you, that will keep you uh, moving in the right direction and that you will become a part of evangelism in your church. That's the only way our churches are going to grow is that the membership take on the responsibility of evangelism. I'm going to tell you something. Sheep beget sheep. It is not your pastor's job to go out and start getting people. It is your job. Uh -huh. Somebody type on the screen and say, it is my job and put an exclamation mark. I'm waiting on you. Put down there, it is my job. It is your job to be an evangelist, an evangelist in your local church and tell, don't go around telling, uh, don't go and seeking to get members from other church. That's not true growth. Get the person that's on your job that doesn't go to church. Get the person that's in the classroom next to you that doesn't go to church. Get the person that you sit in the restaurant uh, in the morning going before you go to work where you get your coffee. Uh, say something to them. Let's do the work of an evangelist. Listen, I want you to sow into this ministry. 
I would that everyone would get a, uh, a, a $10 seed and sow it into this ministry. My brothers and sisters, this ministry has provided growth for so many people throughout the country and throughout the world. And I want you to help us to stay as we are and working to enlarge our uh, territory because we want so many other people to be saved as well. Get that $10. If you're going to mail it in, you can mail it in to G Greater Emmanuel Institutional Church. Now that's 19190 Schaefer Highway. That's Bishop J. Drew Sheard Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan, 48235. Or you can give at PayPal, paypal at geicogic.org. Or you can give at Givelify. Search for Greater Emmanuel Institutional Church and please uh, make sure you see our church logo. Or you can go to uh, Cash App. That's dollar sign, G-E-I Kojic 1. Or you can always give securely in our G-E-I app or you can text to give at 28950 and put in G-E-I offer space the dollar amount. And we thank you in advance. I'm going to pray uh, for the seed that you're giving that it will have a tremendous impact on your personal life as well as this ministry. And then I look forward to seeing you on Friday when I'm going to continue to talk about a growing church, a growing church. Dear Lord, I thank you for how you bless my brother and my sister. I thank you for the seeds that they are sowing into this ministry. And now, Lord, I ask that you will take these seeds and cause them to multiply, not only for the sake of ministry, but for the sake of our personal lives. And we'll be so careful to give your name the praise, the glory, and honor shall be thine. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say, here I go again. Believing God. Type it on the screen. Here I go again. Believing God. And now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost, rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. And we all said, Amen. God bless you and I love you with the love of the Lord. As we are a church driven by the cross, we seek to provide the tools you need to stay the course. So add our Gregory Manual podcast on Apple and Spotify, filled with your favorite Sunday sermons and midweek motivations. Follow our bishop, first lady, and church on all social media platforms to stay connected and to see what's happening.